Hello, everybody, and welcome to Toronto Rock Total Access. I am Mike Hancock. Along with Kyle Davis, we will get you tuned in to the final week of the NLL regular season. What's on the line for the Toronto Rock? All the playoff scenarios around the National Lacrosse League. And uh, I guess, well, we can save our... uh, We didn't even talk about this in our pre-show meeting, which was pretty extensive today. Uh, Our award picks. We'll wait till the. We'll wait till next week. Obviously, we have to see the full body of work of some of these guys, especially with some of the awards being uh, probably as tight as they are going to be, and some of these could be decided on the final week of the season. So let's jump right into things. Uh, The Toronto Rock lost their fourth game in a row uh, Saturday night in Saskatoon to the Saskatchewan Rush, the back-to-back defending champs. Probably not the uh, the medicine that the doctor ordered, so to speak, when you've lost three in a row and then have to go into that barn, a sold-out arena again at the Saskatel Centre, and have to try to knock off the defending back-to-back champions in order to break your slide. No, not at all. That's, uh, I mean, <laughs> the record at home this year speaks for itself. I think they're you know, finished up 8-1 and one there, I believe. Um, you know, like you said, back-to-back champions. You knew that was going to be a tough one, but I, th- I also thought the opportunity there with you know going into a packed bar and going into what has been kind of known as the the lively spot around the league that you know you'd get the players would get jacked up for that, and they were they were right in it up until you know a certain point there. Obviously, at the end, it, it was a five-goal difference or five-goal spread, but uh, you know halftime chipping away, going goal for goal with them and good effort and just uh i guess the consistency to play a full you know a full game obviously has to be considered here or be looked at especially in you know during this four game skid uh but yeah four games down the stretch here it's obviously not ideal and to go into there it's a tough place like you said and, but you said at the start of the season to me you're going to split with the defending two-time champs I think I'd take that. Yeah, absolutely. You put one of those wins in the bank for sure. Yeah. And and now you look at even the situation with the Rock going into the final week of the season. Uh, you know, you even look back, you know, that win's huge. Every single win they've had this year. Now you look at it with the record sitting at 8-9. and nine, um, Every one of those wins so big. Um, to dive a little bit deeper into the game, and we'll, we will have Toronto Rock head coach Matt Sawyer Uh, in studio with us coming up uh, in a few moments here on Toronto Rock Total Access. But if we look at that game, the Rock had a 4-2 lead after the first, tied up at 7 at the half. And I think the big question, and we'll obviously pose this to to Matty Sawyer, but, you know, what has gone wrong in these second halves? What has led to these runs? What has led to the offense going quiet? Blaine Manning talked about it a little bit on last week's show, just said he didn't think that – they had the east-west ball movement, I think he mentioned, to kind of open up the north-south, so to speak. Um, was it that simple this past week? And we've talked about this as well many times on the show, is it isn't always necessarily about getting an extra stop on defense that can be the key to turning a game. It also can be, and I think we've really seen it firsthand in almost all of these losses here, is that a goal by the offense could really be the thing that could turn the tide in these games. Yeah, no no doubt for sure. And, I, I mean, talking with Blaine about that, like you said, we did digest it a bit. But uh, the offense has kind of, you know, gone a bit a bit silent here in the back half of these games of late, which is which is unfortunate because unfortunate they, w- they have been in every game. And, you know, even if you pick up a winner or two of these yeah. last four um, by showing up, uh, in the last 30 minutes there, you know, we're, we're 
we're talking a kind of a different scene or different narrative going into this final weekend. But uh, yeah, it'd be great to get Maddie's uh, you know opinion on this. And it's, I mean, I'm j- jokingly here, but it's like the the guys shouldn't leave the floor. It's kind of like minor lacrosse; they should go into the corner for the intermission. And yeah. just, <laughs> right <laughs> in a way here. Yeah, Cause it seems like uh, of late, you know, they go in the room and. I don't know whatever whatever it is, it's, and it's definitely not for for a lack of effort or a lack of trying. Yeah. Obviously, it's just uh, a couple weeks spell here, and things uh, just aren't going their way technically or in the third and fourth quarters right now. And I mean, with the amount of preparation that is done at this level, um, sure, there's in-game adjustments to be made. But I think right now, from some fans, will even say the the questions about you know the second half right now they're they're all over the place right you can go jump anywhere on social media and you can see the fans are asking questions you know what's hap- basically what's happening in the second half you know what are the what are the in-game adjustments some fans are seeing things differently we'll say than than other people for sure but um you know you just you can't take get away from the fact that on the offensive side of the ball you know the the seven o's the nine o's the six one the five the five nothing third quarter that we just saw i mean those are those are very real things the numbers don't lie and on the other side of things though i mean i think there's probably been a little bit too much uh critical attention we'll say to the defensive side of things and goaltending when you look at even in the buffalo game um you know a 13-8 loss i believe was the final score in that game and um you know nick rose only allowed 11 goals and two of the goals that Buffalo scored were empty netters, kind of as Toronto's trying to make a last-second push to come back in a game that they led 6-1 at one point. And I, I just think that, you know, like I was getting back to here, is that there's been too much emphasis, I think, on the defense and the goaltending not doing their job, whereas I think realistically the the main problem here is on offense and generating goals and scoring at key times. And, you know, not to ramble on about this too much more necessarily, but it's just about... The difference between a key stop, a big stop on defense, and a big goal, you know, a big answer, right? You know, uh, there's just so many different swings and momentum in a lacrosse game. And I think to look at things as a goaltending or defense problem is a bit short-sighted right now. Yes, no, I agree. And I think what, I mean, not too long ago, me and you were talking, you know, off-air here. or And uh, you look at the league averages of goals against, it hover like it, it's right around you know 10 11 goals yeah that's what that's what's happening in lacrosse like there is lots of goals in the game we we know that that's you know one of the reasons why we as fans and people enjoy lacrosse it's a it's action-packed high scoring um you can't expect i don't think every game that the goalie is going to give up you know six or eight goals that's yeah. just unrealistic yeah um but i do agree um and even offensive or in in a game for instance Obviously, the big stops are huge, and the people that, you know, the coaches, the players know a big stop. But to your average fan, you know, they get going on a goal in the, in the crowd, yeah. right? Like, yep. they're not just on their feet going nuts on a, what to them appears to be a, you know, a 30. They just stopped them for 30 seconds. Yeah. And, but ball goes in the net, right? Everyone's up, the horn's going off, whatever. It, like, just adds into the momentum swings of a game or even vice versa on the road that can really you know quiet a crowd yeah a goal for sure if they're going wild they're up to that point so uh i mean i i agree with you like of late especially it, it is kind of on the offensive side of things in terms of you know trying to to maybe stop this momentum because over time they're going to score their goals it looks bad at a six goal run but 
we need we need a, we need one to drop in there as well. Yeah, and to do really a fairly a fairly shallow dive into the statistics, um, the Toronto Rock are the best defensive team in the league, and on average are giving up the fewest number of goals. So, in some regards, it's almost like okay, let's check that off the list: defense and goaltending. Realistically, this season are getting an A or an A plus here because. What else do you do? Or they're at the top of the league. They're allowing the least amount of goals on average every game. So, to me, mission accomplished on the defensive side of things. It's the offense, clearly, where, you know, and this isn't calling anybody out necessarily. It's just like we're looking at the numbers again. And the black and white of it here is that, you know, this team has to start to score more goals if they're going to want to be successful. Because, you know, if you're going to turn around and start to say, okay, well, we have to get down to nine goals against every game or eight goals against or seven goals against every game. That's not happening. No team is going to be winning consistently if that's the formula for winning games. If you're going to get to t- right now, I mean, the Rock, realistically, you're sitting there and saying, on most nights, if you can get to 12 goals, you're going to win. And recently, that hasn't been happening, you know, necessarily. So... Uh, that's something we'll we'll get into with uh, Matt Sawyer as well, and uh, we'll also look at the playoff scenarios. We'll we'll kind of quickly go through those. There's a lot of them, folks, and it's uh, you know we posted on social media earlier this week the the video from basketball when they go through the different playoff scenarios, and it it, it almost does add up to something like that right now for the Rock. Um, there's some simple things here. Friday night, Rochester loses to Georgia. Rock clinch a playoff spot before they even step on the floor Saturday night. That is a reality here, folks. The Rock could also win Saturday night, and, you know, they're in the playoffs. But, again, it doesn't matter. Kind of everything else is out of their hands. The team sits at least in third place, obviously. But then you're waiting for New England to, you know, win or lose to depend to uh, to see how things shake down in terms of who's hosting that uh, East Division semi. I mean, there's a scenario that exists right now where New England doesn't make the playoffs. You know, a Toronto win, a New England loss, two Rochester wins. Rochester plays Toronto in Toronto on the first weekend in May. Um, You know, Rochester, they've got uh, the biggest hill to climb clearly with two games where they have to win their final two games. And not only the fact that they have to win two in a row Friday, Saturday night, but they have to do it against the Georgia Swarm who are scoring goals like... Rochester has scored 21 goals to beat them because they put up yeah. 20 a night. I mean, that's what we were talking about. You know, if, if Georgia continues to score at this rate, and maybe 20 is, is high, but even the 16, 17, yeah. 18, 19, if you're walking in and saying, you know, you've got to score this many goals to beat this team, like, the, it, it's insane right now. It's almost the opposite situation to what we're seeing here with The Rock is that, you know, right now we need to have our goaltender – spitting nickels as they say to get a win <laughs> yeah. with the way that the offense is is scoring whereas on the other side you know mike Poolin can take he can take a few shifts off here and just <laughs> he knows that the boys are getting it back at the other end maybe two times over before he even sees another shot so uh you know it, it's all relative as to the way the team the way your team is playing really and uh it, 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 we could be in for a wild, wild weekend of scoreboard watching, and uh, that doesn't even take into account that, you know, we've still got in the West, um, you know, Colorado Vancouver are going to play each other. We don't know where yet. First overall seed, who's going to have home floor advantage throughout the entire playoffs? Should they advance that far? 
We don't know that yet. Saskatchewan and Georgia, both in the mix for that. Um, this is wide open. I mean, Buffalo and Calgary are the only two teams out of this, and everyone else has something to play for this weekend. So I think mm-hmm. you made the comment earlier this week, fantastic schedule. Yeah, yeah just going to say, as a fan of not a particular team, just the NLL in general, and if you're at the NLL head offices, you got to be just loving this. Every weekend or every game down to the wire here for playoff implications, every game meaning something this weekend. Maybe with regards to the Calgary, their Calgary's final game, I'm not sure. Uh, you know, by then if that will have implications on anything, just right. depending how stuff plays out. But uh, yeah, we've got some massive games this weekend. It's going to be a massive, massive uh, turn of events here to see how this all unfolds, and can't wait for it. Yep. So the Rock will uh, be in action, obviously Saturday night, 7:30 at Buffalo's KeyBank Center. Uh, we'll dive more into that game uh, coming up a little bit later on the program. Um, playoff scenarios, I guess uh, the only one we didn't talk about really would be the one that would see the Rock actually miss the playoffs, which is really the most wild scenario of them all because that would require New England uh, to lose, actually, to draw to 8-10. It would require Rochester to win their final two games and it would require the Toronto Rock to lose as well to drop to 8 and 10. So if there is a three-way 8 and 10 tie between New England, Rochester and Toronto, the Rock would lose that tiebreaker because the tiebreaker is head-to-head record amongst the teams tied. And in that situation, New England would finish at 4 and 2 with a 667 winning percentage. Rochester would be 3 and 4, a 429 winning percentage, and the Rock Somewhat handicapped by the schedule here, really, but it does go by winning percentage. The Rock would be two and three and have a 400 winning percentage. So New England would have six games to work with, Rochester seven, and Toronto only five in this scenario too. So, um, not to say, hey, somebody should look at this as maybe not the best tiebreaker, but when you do go by winning percentage, what are you going to do? But you know, even you sit there, Rochester's three and four. One game under 500 in that situation, technically. And Toronto's 2-3, and three, again, one game under. So they both kind of finished in a very similar boat, so to speak. But at the same time, going by winning percentage, the Rock would be out if there was a three-way 8-10 and 10 tie, which is nuts. Yeah, no, that is kind of crazy. Well, better than the sack race they talked about on basketball. That's right. But, uh, Although. <laughs> I mean, depending who you're cheering for. But, no, that Although, is uh, yeah. that is a bit bit weird, yeah, because, like you said, Rochester gets seven shots at it, and it doesn't really make sense to me, but I guess, I mean, we're in here. How else are you going to do it? I mean, with I an know. unbalanced schedule. I'm just I mean, trying to think about it. Like, it is yeah. a tough thing because with an unbalanced schedule, um, you kind of you can't do it any other way. But uh, I don't know. Do you get into a goals for, goals against? I mean, I don't know. That's kind of a cheap way to, to lose yeah. out, though, as well. Yeah, it, it is too bad that there wasn't some way to do it with uh, an even number of games played. But with the schedule the way it is, um, you know, I, I don't think there is any other way to do it. But uh, the one other thing we do want to notice the first or note, sorry, the first overall battle uh, between Georgia and Saskatchewan. Georgia won the season series against Saskatchewan, winning their only meeting. So if they do end up tied uh, with record tied with the same record then Georgia would get uh, the number one overall seed if it was just as hypothetical just off, off the cuff here if it was a goals for goals against how ironic would it be that the Toronto Rock would be in for their defense and goaltending though essentially 
Yeah, I mean, you right? look at like, the results. Uh, convincing beat, win at the start of the season beat. over Rochester. Even the losses to New England, two of them were low. Like if you went head-to-head goals, four goals against in the tight games. If you wanted even, to do or, in the tie, or yeah, overall, just or overall, for, for the season because yeah. the unbalanced schedules, Yeah, right? Toronto, we'd be praising the goaltending and defense for, for gritness in there. It would be a runaway, actually, when you look at it, because right? just looking at it, New England, they are minus 23 I in their goals, plus, four goals plus against. Plus 15. Plus 15 for the Rock, and uh, Rochester is minus 22. Yeah, not even in the same. Sorry, 32. Rochester is minus 32. Not even in the same yeah. you know, stratosphere. Yeah. Mm. Well, there you go. That's the final word on the stats on that one emphatic finish to segment number one all right we'll take a short break here on toronto rock total access and we will be back with the head coach of the toronto rock maddie sawyer in just a moment Welcome back to Toronto Rock Total Access. I'm Mike Hancock along with Kyle Davis. We now welcome into studio with us the head coach of the Toronto Rock, Matt Sawyer. Matty, welcome back to the show. Good to be here, boys. Looking forward to it. All right. Well, uh, we'll jump right into things. Uh, a disappointing loss, obviously, on Saturday night, 15-10 to the Saskatchewan Rush, a game that was tied 7-7 at the half. Um, maybe just kind of uh, break down what you saw in the first half versus the second half of that lacrosse game. Yeah, um, you know, kind of uh, a little bit of a trend right now. We're just struggling to put uh, put 60 minutes together. But um, you know, as a, as a staff and a team, we we felt like that was our uh, our best performance uh, as of late, and and we're really hoping we've uh, we've turned a corner. There were some positives to come out of that, um, but uh, ultimately we didn't get the result we wanted, and uh, we need to find a way to string together a complete 60 minutes. But if uh, if we compete and, and play like we did in the first half, um, you know, we're going to be okay here and. And, um, you know, our, uh, our goal now is to, uh, to get in the playoffs, and we got an opportunity to do that Saturday night. Now, what did you see change, if anything, specifically in that third quarter where you go from a tie game at half to being at scored 5 nothing in the third quarter? Well, they, uh, you know, they came out quick and, um, you know, they shored up their, uh, their defense a little bit and, and it was tougher for us to, uh, to generate offense. And uh, ultimately they, they capitalized on the, uh, the opportunities that they had. And, um, you know, they got a nice lineup there and, and they got some, um, you know, some uh, good guys up front and uh, they can all put the ball in the net. And uh, they only need one or two opportunities to do that. And, and we saw that firsthand. Now with this team having lost four games in a row, um, obviously, we've talked about the playoff scenarios here on the show already, uh, talked about them to death. But um, getting back to kind of where this team was at the start of the month, end of March, and where they are now, 8-5 and five record uh, going into the final weekend of March there, and now sitting at 8-9, and nine, have the expectations or even the opinion of this team changed at all for you as the coach? From an eight and five team to an eight and nine team. Well, uh, you know, obviously uh, the last three weeks hasn't been uh, what we wanted, but um, you know, you can't uh, can't worry about what's in the past, and and we need to uh, we need to look forward. Uh, um, you talked about expectations, and um, you know, at eight and five, we uh, we put ourselves in a position where the uh, expectations may have been raised a little bit, but. 
your your goal with any team at the start of the year, and especially with this group, when uh, when we didn't know what we'd ha uh, had on our hands, is uh, is to get into the playoffs. And the fact of the matter is, we we have that opportunity. We don't need help from anybody. Um, you know, uh, thankfully we've got a little bit along the way here to to keep ourselves in this position uh, going through the losing streak. But um, you know, we, we got an opportunity to get into the playoffs, and and that was our. Uh, um, that was our first goal, and, and uh, once you get in, you never know what can happen. But uh, you know, we have a good group here, and uh, a good group of guys, and, and it's a real good um, dressing room. And, and uh, we don't, uh, you know, we want to stick together as long as we can here. And um, you know, uh, the hope is that uh, we've turned a, a corner in our in our play there with Saskatchewan, and we need to carry that over into Buffalo. But uh, it's in our hands, and you can't ask for anything more than that right now. Maddie, how would you describe the the mood in the room? Um, obviously, going through a, a bit of a slide here, but how important it is to stay positive, and because in the big picture, it has been rather positive. Yeah, and it's, it's tough to see with uh, with what we've been going through. But um, you know, the mood would be um, you know frustration because I think uh, I think everybody feels that we're a little bit better than what we've been showing. Um, you know, but it's. Uh, um, there's been no finger pointing and, and um, you know the message has been to, to stick together and um, you know we're, we're going to come uh, come through this together and, and as a team so um, you know the main thing would be uh, frustration but uh, um, you know there's still um, you know th there's still hope there and and uh, we know what uh, kind of team we can be with uh, when we put our game together and um, no doubt about it we're struggling right now but uh, you know you can't focus on that we got an opportunity on Saturday night to uh, to get into the playoffs and that's what we plan on doing and you, you mentioned the word opportunity and you know we were kind of breaking it down here there's no really better opportunity it, it, you circle on the calendar than going into Buffalo on a Saturday night a team you hate uh, with an opportunity to clinch a playoff spot uh, you know as a passionate lacrosse fan or a Toronto Rock fan what more can you ask for yeah, um, you know, I think hate's a, a strong word, but um, you know, there's no doubt about it that there's a there's a big rivalry there, and um, you know, you, you know, you're going to go in there and it's going to be a good atmosphere, and, and that's something that's it's always fun to play in Buffalo, and, and you play against a, a rival like they uh, uh, are to us, um, so there's excitement in that. At the same time. Uh, you know their season as far as getting in the playoffs is uh, is over, and um, you know I'm sure they would like nothing more than to uh, to um, you know try to keep us out. So uh, from that standpoint, it's going to be exciting, and and um, you know I'm confident that Buffalo is going to see our best game. Now you played the Bandits just a couple of weeks ago here in Toronto. Um, anything you take out of that game? back at the ACC on April 14th into this week? Well, again, um, you know, we talked about uh, the 60-minute thing in the second half. We were real strong in the first half against them, and, um, you know, we were up 6-1 uh, and and uh, let a couple, um, you know, gave them a couple easy goals towards the end of the, the second or the first half, and that carried over into the uh, second half. So what do you take away from that? We, we kind of had them down and, and on the ropes, and, um, you know, that's the time when, uh, when you need to keep pushing and, and you can't let up. So we need to learn our, uh, our lesson from that and, um, you know, go into a hostile environment and, and uh, find a way to get a win, which is only going to make us better going forward. Now we've, uh, you know, we talked quite a bit about the offense last week with uh, Blaine Manning on the program. Um, you know, he said his main thing he said, I mean, or in his initial thing he said was he didn't think that the East-West ball movement was there in the game uh, against Buffalo the week before. So, you know, um, I guess offensively again this past week, was there anything that you saw wasn't working or, or needs to be specifically improved going into this week against Buffalo? 
Well, just uh, you know, overall uh, execution, we felt we had uh, we had better ball movement. Um, you know, our, our right side was uh, was real strong, and and uh, you know, we need to find a way to get that balance between our our left side and our right. But uh, you know, those guys are working up there, and and um, you, know, you know, they're trying. And uh, you know, I, I've never met uh, a lacrosse player that comes to the rink and, and doesn't want to win. So. Um, you know those guys want to be better and and they want to uh, they want to pull their weight and um, you know we have a good group up there and and they've been resilient and we've had some ugly ones but uh, they usually find a way to bounce back and um, you just try to uh, you know you need to coach them up and, and stick with them and give them confidence and uh, we'll make the necessary adjustments and um, you know you, you just hope you're better for it now this past weekend Casey Behrens was the uh, the scratch off the active roster uh, for the game against Saskatchewan, uh, I guess without tipping your hat, is it going to be, or if you guys already know, is this going to be the same lineup we're going to see this Saturday night? No, we'll make uh, we'll make some changes um, going into uh, going into Buffalo, and and uh, you know Casey's a veteran in this league, and uh, um, you know he's been a real good performer for us, so uh, I'm sure you'll see him draw back in and. Um, we were just trying to uh, find the right mix and, and come up with a winning lineup, and, and that wasn't the case uh, against Saskatchewan. So I uh, can't keep doing the same thing over and over, and we'll make some adjustments, and uh, um, we'll expect everybody to be good. And Brock Sorensen, who's uh, you know, working his way back from uh, being able to consistently be in the lineup, coming back from a, an ACL injury, suffered less than, well, I guess almost exactly a year ago now, uh, middle of April last year against the Bandits at home, um, will we potentially see him draw back in, or is he going to be another decision closer to the weekend? Well, yeah, you know, Brock's on the IR right now, and, and um, you know, he was able to come in and, and give us some good minutes um, early on after his injury. But, you know, it's a tough injury to come back from, and, um, you know, it's just, uh, you know, Brock's uh, just uh, a little slow right now as far as, um, you know, uh, foot speed out there, and, and uh, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll evaluate going into the weekend. But, uh you know, Brock's been, uh, he's been good for us and, um, you know, but we just need him at 100% and uh, it was a quick turnaround after that injury. I think it was, you know, six and a half, seven weeks uh, from, or seven months from uh, uh, the time of the surgery, which is, uh, is on the short side of that. So we're just trying to make sure that, uh, that he's at full strength. Billy Hostrauser, the recipient of the Les, uh, Les Bartley Award there at the last home game, April 14th. Uh, fr- from your opinion or in your opinion, what went into or what has he shown this year that, that it led to him receiving that award? Well, and, uh, you know, a deserving recipient. And, uh, you know, Billy's just, uh, he's a great teammate. He's, uh, he's somebody that'll uh, do anything and, or whatever is asked um, to help his teammates and, and try to win. And, and Bill's had a real strong year for us. Uh, the challenge to him uh, at the start of the season was just to focus on uh, uh, being a d- better defender. And, um, you know, we all know uh, the intangibles that he brings. And, and uh, he's the first guy who's uh, willing to stick up for a teammate. But uh, he's made a lot of strides just uh, in the defensive end. And, um, you know, he's just a, a beauty to have in that room. And, um, you know, I'm sure all his teammates would say it's a, a very deserving uh, recipient of that award. All right, Matty. Well, I'm sure, uh, as with everybody around here, Saturday can't come soon enough at this point. Uh, we'll get we'll let you get ready for practice here on a regular Tuesday night at the track. Uh, thanks a lot for stopping boy- by, and good luck this weekend. Thanks, boys. It's a fun time of year. All right. That was Toronto Rock head coach Matt Sawyer. We will take a short break on Toronto Rock Total Access and be back to wrap things up in a moment. Like the legend of the phoenix... Well, 
Welcome back to Toronto Rock Total Access. Mike Hancock and Kyle Davis bringing the show home for you here as we look ahead to Saturday night's game against the Buffalo Bandits. As well, we will have another installment of Are You Buying or Are You Selling? And also we will uh, talk about some other stuff that's going on here around the Toronto Rock as we wind down the regular season. Lots of stuff coming up. Uh, Fan bus, renewals, season ticket holder party on Sunday. Get those RSVPs in, but we will talk about that uh, coming up in a few moments. First, let's uh, let's have some fun with uh, our buy and sell segment. We are going to start off in the Western Division of the National Lacrosse League. A few weeks ago, we had Vancouver Stealth head coach Jamie Batley on the hot seat here. But, KD, are you buying or selling that... The recent performance of the Vancouver Stealth qualifying for the playoffs has taken Jamie Batley off the hot seat and that he will, in fact, be the head coach of the Vancouver Stealth here going forward. Yeah, actually, I can't <laughs> believe it, that, you know, from the what looks outlandish take I had on this at the start of the year now, um, I'm buying that he will, uh, you know, start back there as the head coach of the Vancouver Stealth next year. I think, you know, they... They were in the same boat as us record-wise last year with five wins, I believe. Yep, five five, five 13, wins. Yep. So, you know, to turn that around, get them back in the playoffs again, I think is is an accomplishment. It's been pretty, pretty, I guess, redundant over there with the, you know, the teams that make the playoffs: Calgary, Colorado, Saskatchewan, or Edmonton at the time. Yep. Um, so to get them over the hump, they have had some some big wins throughout the year against some some good teams. Um, and, you know, obviously the players are out there, are giving it their all, but there has to be, uh, you know, some, some coaching involved to, to get where they are. So I do think uh, he will be around to start the, the year next year. I'll be buying that. And a big game for them uh, to really put an exclamation point potentially on their season with a game in New England this weekend, a win, and uh, they are right in the mix there, and they would be hosting the Colorado Mammoth as Vancouver won the season series against the Mammoth. So, uh, yeah, the interesting there, though, the win that would put them into the hosting position would make them 5-4 and on the road. They are 4-5 and at home and would be hosting the game. So, But they did beat Colorado at home last week. The win that would put them in hosting... Could also have implications on the That's Toronto right. Rock as well. So. Yes, both good and bad. Because if that loss happens, then the eight and ten tie could be triggered. Right. That's what we were saying earlier. It's just a mess. <laughs> it is. All right. So continuing on, buying or selling, part two here. The Georgia Swarm. This one might be a little bit outlandish, but the Georgia Swarm will continue to score at the same clip they have scored in recent weeks here through the postseason. I can't believe I'm going to say this, but I'm going to, I'm actually going to sell it. Really? For the reason being, I mean, I think they might have, depending, you know, how long the series go or what they get into exactly or how long their run goes. Um, I think they might have, you know, a big game or two. Overall, though, I, I think just in sports in general, not, not lacrosse, I think defense wins you championships. Um, unless George is going to run away with this league you know beat everyone by scoring 17 to 20 goals at night which i don't think is a, a playoff formula that can i guess have success over a, an extended run um yeah. i think defense does uh, you know eventually trump 
Trump offense, and uh, you know, but they've been great all year. And that that offense, like we've been saying, it's kind of looking like the the Globetrotters here currently. Yeah. And what they did to Buffalo, you know, this last weekend was a bit of a smacking. Um, but unbelievable, yeah. I'm going to sell that their offense continues at the same clip. Not saying they're not going to win games. I just think they might have to get a little tighter, you know, down the stretch here and and playoff lacrosse. All right, moving on. A Toronto-New England semifinal potential East semifinal game will be at Air Canada Centre. I'm going to have to sell this as well, and it has nothing to do with the Toronto game. It's because I, I think Toronto is going to win this weekend. Um, it's just more of the. I guess that's indicating that I think New England will go into Vancouver, or sorry, Vancouver will go into New England and uh, and lose. So New England will, you know, will still end up tied. But unfortunately, due to the the tiebreaker procedure, they will end up with home floor, and we will be going in to New England for that first playoff game. So that's a sell as well. That is a sell as well. A sealed. Right sealed. <laughs> All right. Okay, so that about wraps up uh, Buy and Sell, another uh, great installment of uh, one of our top two favorite segments <laughs> on the show. Yes. All right. So uh, moving along, we will look at uh, Buffalo Toronto this Saturday night. Uh, Buffalo likely without some key individuals. Billy D. Smith, their captain, is out uh, with a torn hamstring. Uh, obviously not likely to play unless something uh, incredible happens there. Uh, also, Dane Smith, who stepped on a ball at shoot-around last week, was put on the short-term IR. And as we record this, uh, I do not believe I saw a transaction coming through moving him to second level. So he still could be a factor for this Saturday. But uh, I would say that will be uh, up in the air. But will need to actually be decided fairly soon here. Um, and then after that, I mean, who are you going to get in net? Huge yeah. question. I mean, Anthony Cosmo played well enough to win a couple of weeks ago against the Toronto Rock in Toronto. But, uh, you know, this past weekend against Georgia, n- neither David DeRuscio or Anthony Cosmo had an answer for the Georgia Swarm, that's for sure. But uh, I-, I don't know. E- every time I seem to think I know who Buffalo is going to start in net against the Rock, uh, I seem to get it wrong. Actually, I think I've only gotten one out of my three predictions as to who's going to start. I got that right. But um, I don't know. I mean, I don't know who we're going to see in that. Again, like we say, there's some personnel questions. Um, also, Patty Saunders, big acquisition, has been pretty quiet in recent weeks. Um, not uh, Doesn't see the ball a lot, it seems like, right now in that Buffalo offense. And uh, just wondering what impact, if any, he'll have on the game as well. So lots of question marks around that game. But uh, actually, we should throw out maybe a percentages here that we did earlier this week uh, off the cuff here in the office. But first, we'll just get your prediction on the game. Yeah, just uh, just touch on a couple things you mentioned there. I mean, I think there's so many angles for this game to to go. You know, like uh, starting net there. And I have no inside information. This is just, you know, we've kind of discussed. Uh, Cosmo, last game at home regular season, he's kind of been the guy there for a while. Dude, who knows what he's doing next year? Does he get his last hurrah there? Does does he say, you know what, I'm back next year. We're, I'm, we're out. I'm going to take the night off. Does, uh, you know, if they're looking to move on from an older Cosmo, do they give uh, – 
Derugio a start to, uh, you know, just it's another look at him in an NLL game regardless. Um, you mentioned Dane. I don't know how bad it is. D- do you risk anything further happening if he's not 100% in a game that means technically nothing to them? But then there's the, also the these guys just straight up hate Toronto and probably want nothing more than to, yeah. to, to you know, play a role in or play a, have a factor in what transpires with their season as well, right? And, you know, Troy will be going full-fledged still and uh, – just a lot of different angles this can go, which should make it interesting. Uh, I'm going to go predict a Toronto win, though, as I mentioned earlier. I think, you know, for this four-game skid ends. Um, we saw the lead Toronto had on Buffalo earlier in the season. I think they can, they've shown they can handle the Bandits, especially if, you know, some of these personnel is not in the lineup. Um, in a perfect world, it doesn't matter who starts, we see both. Because that would mean, yeah. you know, that mean we're rolling a bit offensively and, and they had to make a change. Uh, but as far as a score prediction, I'm going to go 14-11 uh, Toronto. All right. I'm going to uh, go similar lines. I'm going to go 13-9 for the Rock. And just when you mentioned New England there um, – or just this game, sorry, this game not meaning anything for Buffalo. I started to think one scenario we didn't mention either is that a New England win also gets the Rock in the playoffs because that eliminates the possibility of a three-way 8-10 and 10 tie, which is the only way that the Rock can't make the playoffs. So that's one thing that uh, we forgot to mention because that would put New England at 9-9. Nine and nine. The best Rochester could finish would be 8-10. and 10. Toronto could lose, finish 8-10 and 10 as well, tied with Rochester, but the Rock have the season series. So that's how that one breaks down there. So like we said, just a few scenarios here. So um, many scenarios as to how the Rock get in, only one as to how they don't get in. So um, things obviously look very good one way or another. I don't think this team wants to back in to the playoffs on a five-game losing streak in any way, shape, or form. No. Um, so like we say, I think this is the week. The Rock gets back to playing the way we saw them, you know, more so over the first 12, 13 games of this season when the team was 8-5 and five after those two big wins, um, you know, one against Georgia in overtime and then the next night at home against Vancouver, a convincing win against Vancouver at home after beating really what, uh, you know, is adding up very quickly to one of the league's top two teams in the Georgia Swarm. Um, on the road, gave the Swarm their first loss in Georgia as well this season, so um, I really do think this is going to be a back, bounce back week for the Rock. I, I can't see it going any other way. Uh, Nick Rose, you know, he's pretty much going to come down to this weekend, whether or not he wins the goaltender of the year. Really, I think whoever kind of comes out on top this weekend between either him or if Dylan Ward has a, an all-world performance. But we saw Dylan Ward give up a few goals there last week in Vancouver. Rosie's still got a, a fairly sizable lead in the goals against uh, race, uh, the save percentage, it seemed like almost everybody's save percentage took a little bit of a dip. Uh, Rosie's now in a three-way tie for third at 777. Not likely he's going to climb back into the top two with where Dylan Ward and Ty Belanger's uh, save percentages stand. But chances are he probably finishes in the top three in that category. So uh, lots of uh, things to keep our eye on there. Tom Schreiber still has a shot at the rookie points record. Very close to breaking the rookie assist record. Uh, so tons of stuff to watch here this weekend. It's going to be a, a phenomenal finish to the season. And there is a way 
for fans still to take advantage of an opportunity that exists out there to head on down on a fan bus and check out the game. Yeah, for sure. There is, I mean, I'm not sure exactly where it's at now, but I think there's still limited seats available, or there are seats available on the bus. It is filling up, though, um, from just what I've heard around the buzz in the office here. Uh, great seats, lower bowl seats, great prices. Uh, I mean, $39.99 for season ticket holders, $49 for the for just you know an average yep. fan so a little discount uh you know perk for being a season ticket holder there but you're going to be sitting with other rock fans uh in enemy territory in a in a game that has tons of implications and on a saturday night right and that i mean to me that just sounds like a blast yeah and let's say i mean the rock the boys could use the support too on the road for sure and uh like kyle just said everybody will be sitting together uh, there are just a few seats left on that bus. 39 bucks for a season ticket holder plus HST. $49 plus HST for uh, for the general public to jump on the bus. So pick up points at the ACC and at the track here uh, in Oakville on Saturday. And uh, the bus will come home leaving the Key Bank Center 30 minutes after the end of the game. So make sure you're on that bus coming home if you got on the bus going down. Or you might need to... Uh, Make a reservation at the Adams Mark, maybe to stay over Saturday night. And there's there's other fans going down too that have had tickets yeah, from previously, yeah. right? So I mean, there should be a, a fairly good, you know, Toronto representation here in in Buffalo this weekend. So uh, yeah, no reason if if you're around and you know even debating it to uh, to knock it on it and get down there. And we should remind all season ticket holders that are still dialed into the podcast here near the end. Don't forget to get your RSVPs in as well because big, uh, always a fun day, Sunday afternoon season ticket holder party. Yep, for sure. Uh, Classic Bowl, Sunday afternoon, 2 to 4. Uh, it's a great event. Last year was a blast. I mean, great opportunity to to mingle with all the players, you know, bowl, have, have get, a, get some food in you, uh, you know, great to – Another sport you get to really have this kind of interaction with your favorite team and you know you can literally go through the whole roster and get autographs you can have you know stop and chats with whoever you want really <laughs> and uh you know great to we encourage know. the stop and oh chat, for right? sure with for as sure. many people as you can get involved with and uh you know you meet other season ticket holders it's just every everyone that's in there this weekend is is there for the same reason passionate about the game passionate about the team uh, you know, meet meet some office staff. It's uh, it's going to be a great event. So get your RSVP in for sure. That is also one of the many great perks for season tickets. Uh, obviously, I smell is, a segue. Ex- now. <laughs> it is exclusive this party to season ticket holders, um, and it's just ironic that season tickets have now officially launched for oh. renewals and new purchases. Uh, I mean, there's there's been a good buzz in here early about it. Uh, I think everyone, you know, with the playoff implications, everyone's excited, and people are people are picking up seats, renewing their seats early. So if you haven't done that, get on that as well. If you have any questions about fan bus, season ticket holder party, new season tickets, renewals, don't hesitate to uh, to give the office a shout at four one six five nine six three zero seven five or visit torontorock.com and you'll be able to uh, to find the information. We'd be more than happy to help you out. And 2017 prices still available for 2018 season tickets yes, that is until correct. June 30th. So prices are frozen until June 30th. So you want to get in there and renew, like we mentioned previously. Not a huge increase coming, but uh, prices will be going up slightly after june 30th so you want to lock in your tickets uh as soon as possible um 
Good job on giving out the number this week, Katie. It's two weeks in a row. Two you are on a streak, a as we mentioned last week. This would constitute a streak. Um, yeah, I think that'll about wrap things up, eh? Yeah, it's been a good one. Go rock uh, on the weekend here. And- a huge week. And I, I just love explaining playoff scenarios. So <laughs> I can't wait till this week's over and we can just move on to talking about playoff lacrosse. And uh, well, About, what was that, three, four weeks ago, you drew up, I guess the flow chart you could say on yeah. where we're at. That thing it looks like a smorgasbord <laughs> now. <laughs> like after everything that's transpired over yeah. the weeks and all the scribbles and doodles on there that we've gone through. It's a disaster. It's a mess. It's an absolute so, disaster. But can, it's fun. But it, the weird thing about this is every single time, you know, and not only the fact that, you know, the Rock have had opportunities to control their fate, obviously, this entire month really, right? Um, but just how Every single week when the team didn't clinch, the scenarios got wilder and wilder and wilder. And to the point where, you know, Buffalo was in a game last Saturday against uh, Georgia where, you know, they win. And this game is the scenarios are perhaps in some cases a little bit simpler, but there still could have been a four way eight and ten tie. Right, you know, uh, well, you know, I, and, and even just Rochester yeah. still being alive at this point <laughs> after it seemed like they were, you know, completely I, I done a month ago. Yeah. I had Rochester out of this thing, and now they're going into the last week of the season and possibly uh, could be playing for a playoff spot. The only spot they can finish is third. So, um, I mean, the league put out the playoff scenarios, and going into the last week of the season, I have never seen. I mean, I think they had to reduce the font on this document to to maybe 10 or 8 to get it onto two pages. But there has never been anything that has existed like this, I don't think, going into the final week of the NL season. And I think that just speaks to the parity in the league right now and just how how great this product is and, and just how good everyone is. And we've talked about how Georgia and Saskatchewan right now, clearly the, the two teams that are the class of the league. But after that, anybody can beat anybody. And, you know, even when you factor in, you know, the Rock are 1-1 one one against Saskatchewan. One and one against Georgia, and both the games against Georgia have gone to overtime. So while we say that there are two teams that have kind of separated themselves right now, they haven't separated themselves so much that, you know, go back to the old saying again of anybody can beat anybody on any given day here in this league. And I think that's the thing that makes it exciting, makes it exciting to be a fan. You're never out of it. And, you know, going into this final week of the season, there's only two out of the nine teams are actually completely out of the playoffs here. Yeah, you no, know, it's great, and it's not like uh, you know these are best of seven series here. Like, they're everyone in this league is a great lacrosse player, you know. Some and you know, you, one guy goes off on a night, or one guy is not having a great night, and that there's no reason that this isn't wide open. Yeah, we are looking forward to a great finish here, and hopefully a long run in the playoffs. So. In the meantime, and in between time, that's it. That does it for another edition of Toronto Rock Total Access. I am Mike Hancock for Kyle Davis saying we'll chat next week. Stop the rock. Stop the rock. Stop the rock. Stop the rock. Can't stop the rock. They can't stop the rock. Stop the rock. Can't stop the rock. They can't stop the rock.